Welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast. This is your host, Cade Howell, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. So it's officially 2024, which is insane. That means I'm going to be forgetting that it's 2024 anytime that I write down the date on anything, and probably for the next month or two, I'm going to write 2023. So that's always fun to deal with in the new year, but it also means a lot of people are going to be really focused on improving their health and fitness over the next year, which I think is amazing. But I also want people to make sure that they're focusing on the right things that are actually going to lead to the outcome that they would like. And in my opinion, there are really five things that if you just dial in these five things and you do nothing else, this is what's going to make up 90% of your progress. The other 10% can be, you know, little things that could help your progress slightly, but I really think this is going to make the vast majority of it. So if you listen to this episode and you really do execute on these five things over the next year, I promise 2024 is going to be very, very successful for you with your fitness journey, and you're going to look and feel like a new person um, by the end of the year, by 2025. So I do have a little bit of a, a sniffle going on, so I apologize if I sound a little bit sick. And then also, uh, my son is on his Christmas break from school, so you're probably going to hear a little bit of chattering in the background, but what do you do? You know, that just... I'm I'm a dad and that's that's my life. So hopefully you're not super picky about your podcast quality, sound quality being absolutely perfect. If you are, I apologize. There's probably a better podcast out there for that. But if you want just good, helpful information, um, I think this podcast will will help you a lot. So with that, let's jump into the episode. All right. So step number one on our five step guide is going to be calorie control. Uh, as you probably know, calories are the most important thing when it comes to changing your body composition and just your nutrition as a whole. So this is the first thing that we want to get in place. Now, you don't have to track your calories like on MyFitnessPal or another app, but I do think if you haven't ever tracked your calories or you haven't ever done it seriously and consistently for a decent amount of time, I think it would be very wise of you to give it a shot and give it a, a real shot because calorie counting, unlike any other method of dieting, it actually teaches you everything you need to know to not have to use some specific form of dieting in the future. You know, you could do intermittent fasting and get the same results as tracking your calories, but you don't learn all the things that you do through tracking. You know, the things like how many calories certain foods have, how many, how much protein certain foods have, um, just your basic or your, your individual eating habits and things like that. You don't learn all of those things. You're just reducing your food intake to a certain window within the day, which, yeah, it'll help you lose weight. But again, you don't learn a ton. Similar thing with like keto or another fad diet like that, like you learn how to reduce your carb intake and that that will lead to weight loss, but you don't learn any other way of eating that's actually going to lead to long-term results without just cutting carbs, you know? So I do think it's a very good method for a lot of people for that reason, but at the end of the day, it's not the end goal. 
you know, nobody wants to be tracking their calories for the rest of their life. But if you are going to track your calories in 2024, I would just start with, like if you have no no idea where to start, I would start with going online, just Google calorie calculator. Um, a lot of those are going to be pretty accurate. The one that I've used in the past is, I think it's calculator.net slash calorie calculator or something. And you can use that to estimate your maintenance intake. It is going to be an estimation. It's not going to be spot on, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to fine tune things regardless of what method you use. So it just gives you a good starting point. So once you input your information, you know, your height, weight, age, activity level, things like that, it will give you that estimated maintenance intake. And then from there, you know, if your goal is fat loss, I would start with just subtracting about 500 from that. So if it says your estimated maintenance intake is 2,300 calories, I would subtract 500, that's 1,800 calories. If your goal is muscle growth, I would add, you know, somewhere around 250 to that number. So if it's 2,300, you'd go up to like 25, 2,600. Um, but again, like the specific number doesn't matter a ton right in the beginning because you're going to have to fine tune things regardless. So for fat loss, a good kind of target would be aiming to lose around half a percent to 1% of your weight per week. So you know, if you're 200 pounds, you'd be losing one to two pounds per week. Um, and then for muscle growth, I, like ideally you're gaining around one to 2% of your weight per month. Don't do that per week. That would be, that would be a very dirty bulk and you would gain probably 80 plus percent body fat and some muscle along with that. But yeah, one to 2% month per month. So you want to go a little bit slower with that. But at the end of the day, you can build a good amount of muscle being at maintenance, a lot of this comes down to your experience level. You know, the more experienced you are, the longer you've been lifting and doing all these things consistently, the more you're going to benefit from being in a surplus. And at the same time, you know, it depends on a lot of things because now I'm going to confuse you by saying if you're brand new to lifting, you have a lot of potential to build muscle. And so it would make sense to be a little bit more aggressive with the surplus because you have a better opportunity to build muscle quicker, but that also comes down to your starting body composition. If you're kind of in that skinny fat category, it probably wouldn't make sense to be in a very aggressive surplus because yeah, you'll build a good amount of muscle, but you'll probably add some body fat along with that. So I would start in those general areas. If you're not tracking your, your calories, you need some form of you know, controlling your calorie intake. This could be just focusing on, you know, basic habits like having protein in each meal, having, you know, at least like three servings of vegetables per day, um, drinking a glass of water at each meal, having like the one plate rule, um, just making sure that you're eating mostly single ingredient whole foods, which we'll dig into some of that a little bit later. But you need to have some form of um, controlling your calories in there. That's the, the most important thing. And then for step number two, we have food quality, which I kind of just touched on. I think you can cover your bases pretty well by just focusing on eating mostly single ingredient foods, like minimally processed foods. If you eat at least 80% of your calories from foods like meat, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, whole grains, beans, 
dairy, things like that, like single ingredient foods that are quote unquote natural foods, you're going to be getting a lot of the the micronutrients in that you need to, things like fiber as well, things that are going to help you not only like from an overall health perspective by getting in the nutrients that you need, but also through controlling and kind of regulating your appetite. Fiber is going to be very helpful for that. Um, and you're just going to feel better. You're going to perform a lot better compared to eating a ton of junk food all the time. It's going to be very hard to actually control your calorie intake doing that. And you're not going to feel very good and your overall health is not going to be in the best spot. So I, one thing I will say is like, if you're aiming to build muscle and you struggle with your appetite, like you're having a hard time eating enough food, be a little bit more flexible, include things that are a little bit less filling, less satiating. So, you know, maybe you do have a little bit more treat foods in there to get the calories in that you need to, to actually be in a slight surplus to build muscle. And it's kind of the opposite. If you're trying to lose fat and struggling with hunger, maybe you need to be a little bit more rigid and it's 90% of your calories are coming from minimally processed foods, not just 80%. So you kind of have to bias this depending on your goal. And then step number three is going to be your protein intake. So protein, it's really the most important macro for building muscle, obviously, but also keeping you full, you know, keeping your appetite in check and just changing your body composition as a whole. So I think a good general guideline for a lot of people is try to have, you know, at least 25 grams of protein in each meal. Um, and ideally getting at least 0.8 grams per pound of your body weight per day is a good target that I typically recommend a range of 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of your body weight. So, you know, you can lean towards the 0.8 per pound if you're a little bit more like on the overweight side, or if you just have a hard time getting your hunger in or <laughs> getting your hunger in, getting your protein in, or you don't struggle with hunger very much because like I said, protein is a very filling. So on the other hand, if you struggle with hunger a lot, you're quite lean. Um, that's when you'd want to want to lean towards the higher end of that range of like 1.2 grams. So I would aim for the bottom end to start and then kind of adjust from there. So, you know, if you're, if you're 200 pounds, this would be 160 grams of protein per day. Or if you split that up into four meals, that would be 40 grams in each. Um, so start there. And then, like I said, if you're struggling with hunger and, or you're, you're pretty lean, I would increase up closer to the one gram to 1.2 grams per pound of your body weight per day. And the fourth thing we have is exercise. So at the end of the day, there is no one like single form of exercise that you have to do as much as it hurts to say that, you know, just pick whatever you enjoy and whatever you will do consistently. And the reason I say kind of hurts to say is because I am a huge fan of resistance training. Like it is lifting weights. It doesn't have to be lifting any form of resistance training. This could be body weight, whatever. Um, that's going to play the biggest role in changing your body composition. And not only do you get the benefits of, you know, increasing muscle mass, increasing bone density, you also get a lot of the benefits that you get from doing cardio as well, because your heart rate is going to get up um, into some higher zones doing resistance training. So I think it's the best like bang for your buck all around form of exercise. But at the end of the day, if you hate lifting weights, 
you're probably not going to stick with it consistently. If you can muster the strength to doing it consistently and just putting up with something that you don't like very much for the benefits of it, you know, that's, that's great. But like I said, at the end of the day, you have to do something that you will stick with. Um, so hopefully that is lifting weights because it's going to be a huge, it's going to play a huge role in changing your body composition and just improving, uh, your overall health. So if you are going to lift, I would aim to lift three to five days a week. Um, whatever's realistic for you, even if it's one or two days a week, that's obviously better than zero. Um, but I, I think the, the best range for a lot of people that's also realistic for a lot of people is three to five times a week. And then just pair that with a realistic increase in steps. If you don't want to do any other form of exercise, if you hate doing formal cardio, just focus on your step count. There's nothing magical about getting 10,000 steps a day. A lot of people throw around that number like, oh, we've got to get the 10,000 steps today. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's nothing magical about that. You know, For somebody that is getting an average of 3,000 steps a day, which is actually pretty common nowadays with a lot of people working from home, you know, we're pretty sedentary, uh, as humans right now. So going from 3000 to 10,000, that's like over tripling your step count. Like I'm, I'm not opposed to you doing that, but at the same time, is that going to be realistic? You know, you're still going to get a benefit from going from 3000 to 5,000 steps a day. So I would start with just adding an extra like one to 3000 steps on top of what you're already doing. Um, and the reason I'm a big fan of, of tracking steps is just because it's a good gauge of your overall activity level throughout the day. And that is going to be very helpful for changing your body composition, especially fat loss and just improving your overall health. It's a good kind of tracker of NEAT, which we've talked about in a lot of other previous episodes, which is just your, your non-exercise activity. And that can influence your metabolism or how many calories you burn throughout the day by a lot. Like they've studied it and it can be a difference of up to 2000 calories from somebody that's quite sedentary to somebody that works a very active job. And obviously you can't just switch your job from being sedentary to going out and like digging holes, being a construction worker, but just focusing on little movements throughout the day can make a, a pretty big impact on your overall energy expenditure like I said, easier fat loss and improved overall health. And then last but not least is sleep. This is, in my opinion, the most underrated part of changing your body composition and just improving your overall health and well-being. Um, there's a really interesting study that was done in 2018. It was by uh, Wang and colleagues, I believe. Kind of a funny name, Wang. Anyways, um, so in this study, they, Mr. Wang and his colleagues split up two groups and they had them, both of the groups eating in a calorie deficit. One of the groups was just sleeping normally, you know, as they, they normally were, would, they weren't told to do anything different with their sleep schedule. And then the second group was restricted by only one hour five nights of the week. So it wasn't like a crazy, it's not like they were not getting any sleep and it was only five nights of the week. So they still had two, you know, the weekends, two nights a week to just kind of sleep however they wanted. And a lot of them tried to kind of make up for lost sleep. 
I apologize if you hear some background noise. My son is out of uh, school for the holiday and uh, got a little little craziness going on, which is always fun when you're recording a podcast. But so, yeah, both of the groups. Now I'll try to get my train of thought back. Both groups um, over the course of it was an eight week study. They they both lost the same amount of weight over the course of the eight weeks, but the big kicker was the sleep restricted group lost 85% of the weight that they lost from lean mass, which is a bad thing. That's that's including muscle. So again, 85% of the weight they that they lost was from lean mass, including muscle mass. And the well-rested or just kind of normal group that just slept normally lost 83% of that weight from body fat, which that's a very good thing. That means, you know, it was essentially backwards. The group that was restricted, again, just by one hour, five nights a week, lost most of their weight from lean mass. The other group that just slept normally lost most of their weight from body fat. So it completely flipped the results. I will say neither of these groups were lifting weights. And so I think that would make a pretty big difference. You know, it would, it would probably change the results quite a bit, but it still goes to show like your sleep is very important, not just for building muscle, retaining muscle, losing body fat. Like, yeah, we want all those things, but also just your overall mental health, your overall well-being. Um, it's it's crucial. So yeah, sleep is is very important. A good general rule is aim to get at least seven hours a night. If you can get eight, that's amazing. But I think seven is a good realistic target for a lot of people. If that isn't realistic for you, treat it like your steps. Again, if you're getting 3000 steps a day, any increase to that is going to be beneficial. Just like if you're getting five hours of sleep a night, getting up to five hours and 30 minutes is going to be beneficial. So just focus on improvement. It's like progressive overload, progressive overload with your sleep, you know, just make little improvements over time and they will add up. And as a bonus, just be very patient. I promise if you do execute on these things for an entire year, you're going to look and feel completely different by 2025. Like if you, you know, control your calorie intake, if you focus on food quality and getting in good nutrients, you consume enough protein, you have some form of exercise, again, hopefully uh, resistance training, but it doesn't have to be that. And you sleep enough like that is that could be a literal life changer over the next year. So it's definitely worth it, but it is going to take time and a lot of patience. So just understand that going into it. Don't expect it to be, you know, this uh, huge transformation within a couple months. It takes time. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it to, to make these sacrifices to really prioritize these things? I might be slightly biased, but I think it's one of the best things that you can, one of the best sacrifices that you, you can make. Um, so consider that for the new year. I hope you have an amazing 2024 you're amazing. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I'm excited for another year of, of doing this and hopefully helping you a ton through the podcast in any way that I can. So as always, don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions on anything. That is what I'm here for. And I absolutely 
love answering questions, giving advice, and helping however I can. So with that said, enjoy 2024, and we'll be back with another episode next week. I just want to say thank you for listening, and I really hope that episode was helpful. And if it was, my only ask for you is please leave a rating or review on wherever you listen to this podcast. That would mean the world to me. It really helps us reach more people, help more people, and overall improve the podcast for you. So that is my one ask. If this was helpful, please leave that rating or review. And if you have any questions or need advice on anything, just message me on Instagram at Howell underscore fit, and I'm more than happy to help.